First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Time to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about this whole booster shot situation because we heard yesterday from the health minister that, you know, we're speeding things up on the schedule that they had already laid out. But what does that really mean? Well, that's what he said when you asked him the question. I listened to your interview and I went over the transcript this morning to make sure that my impression was borne out by the transcript, and I have to say he did not give you a very satisfactory answer because you asked him point blank, given Omicron, shouldn't we be speeding up booster shots? And we're hearing calls from all over to do that. He said, yes, we are. But then he said, basically, they're on the same schedule they've always been on. You're going to get your booster shot six to eight months after you got your second dose of Pfizer or Moderna or whatever it was. So six to eight months is something they announced weeks ago. And the minister confirmed it by discussing his own schedule. So Adrian Dix got his second dose, he says, mid-July. And that means he will get his booster shot by March, which is, again, six to eight months. This is this is one that resonates with me, Simi, because I'm on the same schedule as the minister, although, right. of course, he's much younger, who isn't? Uh, but <laughs> seriously, I, like Dr. David Fisman, this um, epidemiologist at the University of Toronto, did a media event in BC yesterday online, and he said BC should be stepping up booster shots to meet the challenge. That's what Ontario's doing. That's what Alberta is doing. And I don't think I don't think BC is doing that yet, although they should be. I agree with you because I took a good look at the list today about what the BC booster shot plan is. And one of the other things it says on the list is that if you had two AstraZeneca shots, you are eligible for a booster shot, right? Yes. Well, I had two AstraZeneca shots and I haven't heard anything. And in fact, my second shot was in June and I, I haven't heard yep. anything about getting a booster. So technically I'm, I'm eligible, but nothing, I've heard absolutely nothing. So I don't know about that whole speeding up thing. I agree, and they're also telling uh, people, uh, if you're worried, if you haven't heard, uh, don't call. Uh, we'll call you. Okay, again, I'm looking at this. I, look, the only clues that the minister dropped yesterday, that they're getting ready to speed things up, and we've had two clues this week. One yes. is the minister said yesterday, we're bringing a whole bunch of pharmacies online to distribute to do uh, vaccinations, to do booster shots. That's encouraging. That means they're getting ready. And Dr. Bonnie Henry issued her call the day before to all those retired doctors and retired nurses who helped out during the big vaccination drive last summer. Please come back. We need you again. And that, again, was a sign to me that they're preparing to gear up, but I don't see that they've done it already. So... You know, it's another example to me of the pattern we've seen in B.C. with each wave. They are slow to respond, 
slow to acknowledge another wave is here, slow on the rollout. When they get going, they do a really good oh, job. absolutely. And, you know, the depressing thing about that is British Columbians are so supportive and so cooperative, right? Yeah, we want it. Like, they want it. We're here for vaccination is phenomenal, right? I mean, you look around, God, they're protesting in the streets in some places. Uh, Americans having a nightmare. Here, um, British Columbians really lining up to do this, ready to go. And it's, it's disappointing that the government is, is the lag in the system. It seems to take them a long time to get up to speed. This is what I found, too, and I think all the stuff in the news about the Omicron variant has made people very nervous, and we don't want to have that happen again. And people are saying, listen, I'm willing to do this. Let me do it. And that's that's the challenge. We we see Alberta now changing the rules and Ontario changing the rules. And I just wonder if maybe we'll be hearing more about this. Oh, I think we will. You know, they do come round on it. Um, They're not, as I said, always uh, at the forefront of letting everybody know everything. But, yeah, I, I... I don't think the the minister may be right in indicating yesterday that we're getting ready to speed up, but speeding up has not happened yet, and I think a bunch of British Columbians are just waiting for the call, Mm -hmm. and when the government's ready, they're going to be there for sure. That's the good news, but... The government better get on it because people are impatient. They are. Um, let's talk about something not COVID-related, well, kind of COVID-related, the cruise ship industry, something a little bit different. Uh, it sounds like good news for Victoria on that yes, front. Yes, the Port of Victoria, long overdue good news about the next cruise ship season, uh, announced this week that they have bookings for a record number of cruise ship calls. So 350 cruise ships coming through Victoria once the season starts next spring, uh, expecting 760,000 passengers on those ships. So most of them come ashore for a little walk through Victoria. Uh, This is awfully good news for Victoria. And look, uh, the, the last couple of years have been pretty discouraging. And of course, there is that threat that was hanging over Victoria that the Americans uh, would, from Alaska, the congressional delegation, would put through legislation that would allow uh, ships on the Alaska run going out of Seattle to bypass BC ports and just go straight to Alaska. Right. So we keep think. I think I think cruise ship people here are hoping, fingers crossed, that okay, maybe by just r- ramping things up again, this will fall by the wayside. But maybe not. Well, I think we need to be cautious about that. And I did hear the the warnings. The the U.S. legislation that would allow um, uh, ships on the Alaska run to permanently bypass BC ports. Uh, is still there on the order paper in Washington, D.C. The Alaska Congressional Delegation has put forward two bills, and they would allow permanent bypass. Those are not all that active on the legislative agenda in the U.S. Congress at this moment. The Canadian Embassy in Washington, D.C. is lobbying the Americans to keep it there, and it may be successful. 
But I'm a worrier, and here's what I worry about. Uh, the senator who drafted one of those bills, Lisa Murkowski, Republican from Alaska, and brave enough to stand up to Donald Trump, is uh, thinking is saying she's running again next year. And if she wins re-election, she may be part of uh, the Republicans taking control of the U.S. Senate and the U.S. Congress. There's a lot of American uh, commentators expect that. So if the Republicans end up in charge, those pieces of legislation could be back, and the Alaskans, all three of them who are Republicans, of course, will have more clout because they'll now be part of the governing party in the U.S. Congress. So uh, I hope, if we have a really good season next year, uh, that by the time, uh, if we do get to it, the Republicans are back in charge in the U.S. Congress, they'll have forgotten about this, but maybe they won't. So, you know, in the long run, I think the Canadian embassy needs to stay on the ball down there and monitor the situation. Right. Just one more thing, right, <laughs> for yeah, us to yeah, monitor. Sure. One more thing. Also, let's just quickly talk about the Massey Tunnel thing. I thought this was really interesting. Uh, with all the flooding, should we be rethinking the idea of a tunnel? Yeah, there's a great letter to the editor of the Vancouver Sun this week. It blessed the readers for thinking of it and said, you know, there's this theme we got to build back better. Well, if we're going to build the first time, we should build uh, safer. And the, the reader is just asking the question, you're going to build a tunnel with both entrances on a floodplain when you're talking about more floods coming? Uh, is that a good plan? I expect that will be one of the issues uh, that will be asked during the environmental review of this project. It, the tunnel is not going to be replaced anytime soon. It will be another three years of environmental review at least, so plenty of time to raise the question. But I thought it was a really good idea to put that on the radar screen and just say, do we want to be building a tunnel right now? I think that's a very good question. Uh, well, we should be asking for sure. Uh, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. Lots to talk about, as always. On that booster shot issue, too, we've been asking that question today. Like, are you ready for it? Do you think maybe the B.C. government should speed up the availability and accessibility of booster shots up there? Other provinces are doing that.